welcome to Didian Hawthorne in the In-Between, or DH&I. I'm your host, Mackenzie Gentz, and you're listening to our podcast about the relevance of literature in the 21st century. Now bookmark that book, and let's begin. The study that has, in my opinion, become one of the quintessential sources for information on people's reading habits was conducted by the Pew Research Center in 2005. The study quantified that while the average number of books read by an American adult in a single year was 12, the median number of books per adult per year was 4, confirming that the average of 12 books per year is actually high. The data therefore represent a small percentage of adults that read tremendous amounts every year, therefore overbalancing the average books per American adult read per year. In simpler terms, say you put my reading data in the same pool as my two imaginary friends, Luca and Paolo. I read about 65 books per year on average, Paolo reads about 10, and Luca reads about 2. The average number of books read per year between the three of us is a whopping 25.67 books per year, which doesn't represent the dataset as accurately as the median, which is actually Paolo's average of 10 books per year. Now just extend the data set in your head to include thousands of adult Americans instead of just the three of us, and exchange the average for 12 and the median for 4, and you have a very good idea of what the data in the study means. Now, the most important question that we need to be asking as a result of this study is what do we do with these numbers, and perhaps metacognitively, is it important that we do anything at all in the first place? My opinion on this problem is easy to guess. I mean, I literally host an educational podcast about literature. Of course, I think that reading is important and think that we should find ways to increase the social value of reading more. But in terms of actually providing a solution, that's actually pretty difficult to do. I've said on the show before that reading a paperback is probably the most expensive form of entertainment available between the actual expense of the books themselves and hard copy and digital copy even and the time it takes to read them, which is between 6 and 8 hours for the typical 315-page novel reading at the average reading speed. Compared to an $8 theater ticket that only takes up about 2 hours of one's time, reading a paperback is an immense expense that, understandably, not everyone can actually afford. With all of the potential problems and shortfalls of increasing reading in mind then, I want to turn to what I call the lit-pop movement, which is something that I made up and it's characterized, in my opinion, by online and in-store attempts by booksellers and book enthusiasts alike to connect especially younger generations with literature that they might enjoy. There are actually a lot of different types of attempts out there that people have tried to get, especially millennials, more into reading. Um, the first approach is probably my favorite, and book salespeople are tackling this strategy in-store mainly by writing those little staff favorites note cards. And I will say that though those note cards don't tend to increase my personal interest in buying specific books because I'm very goal-directed when it comes to my shopping for books, I think that the effect is a very personal effect and it adds the right amount of charm to a bookstore, whether it's just a local bookstore or your neighborhood Barnes & Noble. 
Our Mortality Book Club book for this month is The End of Your Life Book Club by Will Schwalbe, and he actually mentions this phenomenon in the book and how he loves it because it gives off the feeling that the shelves are sort of bursting to talk to you and you to them, and he puts it more eloquently than <laughs> how I just described it, but I love how he was able to put that in his book, and his book I feel like is so aware, self-aware of his love for literature um, and the book itself kind of has a lot to do with literature and literature's effect on people so if you need a good book to read the end of your life book club by will schwalbe is a great one to start with the second approach and one that convinced me to write this episode actually is book recommendation quizzes the other day I got an email from Penguin Random House, and I honestly don't remember exactly how they got my email, but they emailed me just with the question of, how are you feeling today? And there were four options listed below the question, one, restless, two, inspired, three, indulgent, four, nostalgic. I never feel nostalgic, by the way. I don't know why, I don't know if there's a problem with me or what is going on, but I've never felt this weird feeling of nostalgia. I'm always moving forward. but. I digress. I had a few minutes in the elevator or wherever I was to take a look at the email and I clicked on restless like sure why not maybe I'm restless and I decided you know this might be a really great experiment to try on myself why not use my monthly audible credit on the first book that shows up on the recommendation for the restless category. This is not sponsored by audible by the way <laughs> it's just my personal thought process in this little experiment that I did. That book that they recommended turned out to be Normal People by Sally Rooney, and I just have to be honest and say that I binge read this book over the course of two days, and it was just stunning. It was a stunning read. Not only did I feel like it was a timely portrait of what the anxieties of everyday college life was like on many different levels of the socioeconomic spectrum, but I love how the novel has this very breathable, almost, again, self-aware quality, just like the Will Schwalbe's book, um, with the characters, and they just seem to be sitting right next to you, um, even though that this book is fiction. Though by all means, this was not a book that I would have chosen to read myself. I'm glad that I read it, really glad that I read it, and I think that as a result, my little experiment was a success, and by extension, of course, the other book recommendation tools of this format that I've encountered are doing a really good job of introducing approachable and fun books to people who wouldn't normally pick them up or read them. The third and last approach that we're going to talk about today is sort of related to the first approach in that it's primarily in-person, in-store, and secondarily online, which is actually book clubs to introduce people to reading more about a genre or topic that matters to them specifically. A pretty popular example of this approach is the Barnes & Noble book club, and I actually think that the opening of this book club was a really smart move um, to having this company-wide system that fo focuses on localized businesses and conversation in Barnes & Noble. They also tend to choose books that are quite new on the lit scene, like American Dirt this month or the new Hank Green book last September, so people can read the book and feel like they're still in touch with the literary world without having to go through the trouble of selecting a relevant book for themselves. 
Another example is something like our Thursdays with DFW series, which is so weird for me to say because while it does provide people, including myself, with the necessary structure and approachability that it takes to read and approach a novel like Infinite Jest, it's a strategy to help us introduce more people to a wonderful piece of literature, and we have to admit that people who may not have encountered this book if not for our show. So there's a lot more to say in regards to this pop-lit phenomenon, pop-lit movement that I've dubbed. Um, for example, I didn't say a word about the power of social media outlets like BuzzFeed in this area of literature, but that will have to be for another day and another episode. What do you guys think about my idea of this lit pop movement and its attempts at popularizing literature? Have you ever been surprised by the efficacy or inefficacy of one of these methods in trying to persuade you to read more? Let me know what you guys think in our comments page for this episode linked in the link down below, and I'll see you all on Thursday for our next Thursdays with David Foster Wallace episode. If you enjoyed the discussion and would like to hear more from us, there is a show and a series for everyone, so I'd recommend checking out our website, relevanceofliterature.com, under the ongoing series tab for links to our entire back catalogue of episodes. We also have a couple of open surveys that you can find through the links in the description, so if you have three minutes while you're waiting in line somewhere, we would very much appreciate your feedback on our show. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode, and we'll see you next time.